Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and on this very special occasion I am joined in a Clermont flat filled with Bath fans. As ever I'm joined by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Hi And on this occasion by special guest and friend of the podcast James. Hello Gabriel. How are we gents? Been in Clermont now for about 18 hours or so. Um, about 18 pints as well in that time. <laughs> how are we How are we holding up Tom? Yeah loving it. It's brilliant to be on another European away day um, in in France. The Gilets Jaunes are, are out in force yet again with the Yellow Army. Uh, but pleased to say, on this occasion, the whiff of tear gas is not quite uh, filling our filling our noses. But yeah, it's it's, it's great to be here. Uh, you know, it's a bit rainy earlier today, but the sun's starting to come out, and we're starting to see a few blue, black, and white shirts milling around the the streets of Clermont. Um, so very excited ahead of ahead of tomorrow's big fixture. Mm. A city, probably James, that we wouldn't normally come to unless it was for a, a rugby weekend like this. Absolutely not, Gabriel. It's fantastic to be here. Blue skies now. The sun's just come out. When we came yesterday all the way from Toulouse, uh, three and a half hours in the pouring rain, it looked miserable. When we got here, fortunately, there were a few bars, quite a few bars still open, (laughs) and we've had a great time. We've been walking around, and the sun's come out, and it's all looking good for tomorrow. That bar last night, actually, we we were a bit... We didn't get in until about midnight, and we were a bit worried that there'd be nothing open, and we'd kind of have a wasted night. But we we saw a, a bar with the massive Bath Rugby sign painted on it, and Bath fans welcome in here. So we were straight in there, lads, um, and pleased to say there was plenty of Guinness flowing last night. We did try one or two of the local beers, but I think from now on I'll certainly be sticking to the Guinnesses. Yeah, well, I'm I'm, I'm just on the Heineken. I must say it was a uh, it was it was <laughs> cultural effort it, as it always was, from you, mate. It was quite it was pre- it was pretty quiet this morning, so I think. Uh, most of the population of the of, of the town of Clermont Ferrand were were out joining us for, for for drinks last night. True, sort of um, big rugby club, and I'm sure they'll be looking forward to um, uh, you know celebrating their um, uh, you know the, the game this weekend. Mm, speaking to a few of the the locals in our in our best uh, terrible French, and from what we can gather, this you city. Speak for yourself, <laughs> What we can gather, this city is purely, uh, I think one of the guys said it, all they've got in Clermont is the rugby club and the, the Michelin tyres factory. Yeah, and he was trying to flog football yeah. here in, the, in the Christmas market, but clearly wasn't particularly interested in, um, in in any of that. I think they're League 2 football and obviously um, you know some pedigree both in uh, in a European context and also in top 14. So um, yeah, big rugby city and that, that's already evident already. Mm, massive and, and and as you say Tom, a nice mix of, of Clermont fans who obviously know we're here for the rugby and a bit of blue, black and white which is sort of coming more and more as we, we go through the saying, weekend. We've, we've been out to kit ourselves out mm. already, uh, paid a visit to the um, the Clement Avern shop. Um, you picked yourself up a, mm. a very fetching yellow cap to go with your your yellow uh, Bath Bath away shirt, um, and I picked up a, a yellow army Clement Clement hoodie. So um, we're, we're well kitted out, and I'm sure on Monday. Um, when we're nursing our sore heads, we can um, we, we can maybe make ourselves feel better by pretending mm. we're coming off. Well, I was just going to say, actually, when it all does go tits up on Sunday afternoon, which I'm sure it probably will, we can hide our bath rugby stash away uh, and combine the, the Clermont Event stash we've bought 
and our terrible French to pretend we are part of that yellow army. But let's get into the game, fellas, um, and the team selection, Tom. And I'll come to you first. You threw out your own team selection on our preview podcast on Monday. If you haven't checked that out, please do. It's in our feed. Um, and it's reasonably close to, to what yeah. you went for. It's probably slightly more experienced than, than yeah, the yeah. team you decided to I select. think in particular, I mean, there was kind of good interaction on, on social media, mm. um, at, at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter about, about the team. Done. And I think I, I was pretty much bang on with the, with the forward pack. So um, as, as sort of expected, that, that sort of second string front row um, of Lewis Boyce, Jack Walker and, and Kristen Judge coming in. Levi Douglas returning in the second row for, for Josh McAnally, which is pleasing to see. You know, mm. he, he's been um, a bit of a force whenever he's whenever he's played, but hasn't hasn't been around in the first 15 um, for the last few weeks. And then Tom Ellis as well, another mm. player we've been calling out for back in the starting lineup. Interestingly, playing seven mm. um, and also wearing the captain's jersey, G. So an interesting uh, an interesting call there because we thought Elliot Stook, potentially with his slightly more experience, would... Um, would, would, would take up that position. But Tom Ellis, obviously, um, highly thought of in, in that particular role. And then just moving on to, to the backs, and maybe I'll come come over to, to you two both. As you say, a little bit more experience. You know, I was calling for guys like Tom de Glanville to, to be involved. Turns out he's not actually <laughs> registered for Europe, so I should have done a bit more research on uh, from that perspective. Thank um, you to Henry Bate, actually, yeah, on Twitter yeah, who, for pointing that out to us. Um, and also Levi Davis, Gabe Hammer-Webb, who, who is on the bench, um, but in fact, Stuart Hooper's opted for um, Alid Brew um, and Rory McConaughey. Interestingly enough, is is starting in that in that wing position against um, lining up against Alavaretti Racket. So that's that's going to be some contest. But yeah, as you say, a slightly more experienced team. Um, but yeah, I guess throw it back to you to mm. for any thoughts. James, were you surprised when you when you saw the team selection? Is it a more experienced team or less experienced team than you were anticipating, or were you? anticipating this exact team and should we have, have had I, you on I, this whole time I, I, I think the, the back, back, having an experienced back line is a good idea because they could be under pressure <laughs> and, and having the likes of Burns and Roberts in the back with Homer right at the back is a good insurance policy mm. and I'm not sure that's a bad move at all yeah as you say the, the Clement O'Byrne back line looks absolutely ferocious you know Nick Abendon can't even make the 23 to either come back into the 15 jersey uh, and Damian Penno straight into the 13 jersey we're going to talk about a few more matchups uh, slightly later on in the podcast but I want to talk a little bit more about that back row as you say Tom and, and what I find really interesting mm-hmm. is the positions that, that they're listed to, to start in and I find it strange that, that Bayless is listed to start at number 8 with Ellis at number 7 for me I'd, I'd, I'd be happier switching those guys around we've spoken on a couple of occasions how the, the lack of pace off the base of our scrum from the flankers is, is, is a worry and allows guys like George Moala to run down the channel of, of, of guys like Freddie Burns and Reese Priestland and get over the gain line in that way. And I'd much rather see Bayliss at seven to provide that extra pace than Ellis. And Ellis, to me, seems like a more more prototype number eight with, with slightly more carrying and slightly more yeah. ballast to his game. I think we've seen this this going forward. I don't know if it's a, um, you know, a problem with the kit man in that he's not got a number a number six for, for, for Tom Ellis. But when we've seen Williams and Ellis start a flanker together... Mike Williams has often mm. packed down in the scrum on that open side. Um, again, as you said, surprising that that Bayless is playing in in, in you know in, in a relatively I would say out of favour position of, of of number eight. So I'll, I'll be surprised if we don't see Tom Ellis at, at number eight, Williams at six, 
and then Bayless at seven when they actually line line up. Mm. Um, you know, they might switch around during the game. I guess, but I, I guess the only reason, the only difference in the way that these guys are going to play is in the scrum, in the set scrum. That's the only way that there's a difference between the seven and eight. So I just don't know why they wouldn't go with that, unless it is the kit man, as you say, Tom. I don't know why they wouldn't opera, opt to go with, with, with Bayless at seven, particularly is the one that, that, that sort of baffles me in a way well and the other point is I guess Sam Underhill exactly I was going to come on to that so he's, he, will, he will be playing at 7 when, mm. when he comes on so you'd expect probably him to come on for Josh Bayless mm. and then for either Williams or more like Tom Ellis to, to fill that fill that number 8 shirt you know I don't actually mind it I think the balance overall I, I quite like there you know, Tom Ellis is, is attacking game, his carrying game has come on massively well. Josh Bayliss, obviously more your traditional jackaler. And then Mike Williams has shown time and again for me this season that he's a he's a bit of a beast in, in defence. So I, I, I'm not too concerned about it. I think, you know, they would have spoken about this and they'll be playing in the, um, the, the optimum way. Mm, um, and, sure. and, and as I say, I'll be surprised if, you know, come that first scrum, um, particularly with the, you know, the ballast and the weight um, of the Clement pack that Josh Bailey, if Josh Bayless is as the lightest man of the three, will be in that uh, that more anchor position at number eight. James, what did you make of, of Underhill making the trip uh, all the way out here to come? We know it's a nightmare trip as we did it yesterday. He's got to have gone through the training, go through the warm-ups as if he's going to have to start on Sunday, but then he's not even starting. If we're going to use these England guys, surely it's best to actually use them properly, and if we're not, then we rest them completely. Well, maybe, but he's doing, he needs a rest, and perhaps perhaps he wants to stay involved in the in the squad, and so they brought him along perhaps to come on and do 20 minutes. Who knows? I think mm. he's the sort of player that, you know, Stuart Hooper said himself, he was chomping at the bit to play from the very instant that the wheels touched down. Um, in Heathrow from from Japan, so I think it's about managing a character like that. Yeah. He's going to want to be involved, and if you completely leave him out of the whole the week's training before and ultimately the game sort of experience, that might weigh on his confidence, weigh on his morale slightly. Mm. So it, it's about sort of keeping him involved, but not knackering him by sort of starting him in, in every game. Like I see that's, that's sort of what they've done. Yeah, I guess that, but I, I just think that that these guys are so important to our season. If we're going to use them, then let's just use them properly and don't go with a half-hearted effort of bringing them on the bench and kind of doing neither whilst trying to do both, if you kind of see what I mean. Either rest them or, or play these guys. I really didn't understand that selection myself, but hopefully he'll come on and have a brilliant 20 minutes and seal the famous Bath victory on Sunday. Let's talk a little bit then about the front row. Uh, James, what were your thoughts on the front row? Were you happy with the, the rotation there? Are you happy to see those two props in particular, thinking of Urbano and Will Stewart, not even on the, the trip as a whole? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy Well, I'm happy with the three that are starting. I think Tom got that right. You, you've got to keep those two groups of three separate and play them all together. I'm not too sure about the, uh, the replacements, though. I think we might struggle a little bit when they come <laughs> on. Um, and... Uh, uh, I would have quite liked to see one or two of the the, the, the A team, if you call them that, um, on the bench, so they could come on. Yeah, Tom, are you are you worried about the last twenty in, in the front row? Clermont's front row replacements, thinking of Rabar Slimani in yeah. particular, look 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 very strong. I'm worried about the full eighty. If I'm, if I'm honest with you, we <laughs> when this combination of uh, Boyce Walker and um, and and Christian Judge started, they really struggled, and it took Ben Obano in particular to come on to provide kind of much needed support to to that scrum. And, and gee, just to move us forward, this is kind of coming on to probably what I see as the key mm, matchup. Nice, um, and and that's between Lewis Boyce, who's you know shown himself to be have a hard, aggressive edge, and to you know really want it when he's when he's got mm. a bath shirt on, which is which is always pleasing to see. But obviously, coming up against sort of the thirty-six-year-old Georgian veteran that is David Zirakashvili, 
you know, there were thir- 320... Try and pronounce that later on well, tonight, mate. <laughs> 320 cups for Clement, though. 50 for Georgia, involved in two World Cups. Nice. He's got some re- resume. Lewis Boyce, obviously very inexperienced. His scrummaging at times has, has been found wanting. You think back to the Quinns game when, um, you know, I think Adam Jones worked him out slightly and, 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 and played that to Quinn's advantage. I think that is a massive... It's a massive game for him to step up. Mm. And, you know, particularly when... Uh, as you say, James, as the less experienced guys coming off the bench, you know, I would worry for Lucas Negreira and, and Sam Nixon coming on to try and to try and provide support there, particularly when you've got, like you say, Rubber Slimani coming off the bench with Tom Scrummager. Big day for Lewis Boys and a big day for Lucas Negreira as well, coming off the bench, a guy that's not stamped his authority on a Bath shirt so far. So not big, played much this season. No, he's not played for much this season. He doesn't really seem to be in favour of the coach. So an opportunity for him. A nice matchup picked out from you there, Tom. James, what about a matchup from you? What are you most looking forward to seeing tomorrow afternoon? Well, I'm, I'm going to go from, so don't take your position, I'm afraid, uh, Gable, and go for the scrum halves because I'm one of my favourite players, one of my French favourite French players of all time is Melvin Parra. It would be fantastic to see him in the flesh. What a player he's been over the years. Maybe now not quite the player he used to be, but a fantastic player. And of course, Chris Cook will be desperate, as he always <laughs> is, to perform, especially against somebody as, as good as Morgan Parra. Mm. And, and if, let's just hope he has one of the games of his life because I think he might need it. Yeah, only, come, only, a, mm. only a two and a half year age difference between Chris Cook and, right? and Morgan Parra. And Morgan Parra, prolific French petit general, um, top Six Nations appearances and points for in, in a French jersey. And then um, Chris Cook, as you say, ever enthusiastic. Um, uh, and, you know, young Ollie Fox on the bench means I think that he will play almost the full 80 tomorrow. Mm. So let's just hope he gets off to a good start and doesn't start uh, doesn't start losing his head and giving away reckless penalties as we've yeah. seen in the past. Yeah, on a serious note with Cook, it's, it's his ninth season now at the club and he's got an opportunity, I think, to, to nail down that... that starting scrum half jersey. Chudley's not had a great season. They obviously think that Cook can do the job. And he has, in glimpses, shown, in, in actual more than glimpses, in a lot of games, in a long parts of games, he's shown that he can he can fulfil that role. But it's just brainless mistakes from Cook. And that's marred all of his nine seasons of Bath. And it's the reason he's not been able to nail down that jersey. So, as you say, fingers crossed he can have a really strong performance. And I remember it was actually away against Toulouse six, four or five seasons ago now when he had that first intercept off a, off a, off a, off a, yeah, off a line-out. So maybe something like that from Cook to spark his season into life. Um, a matchup then that I'm, I'm going to pick out, and uh, it's a guy that we've spoken a lot about, Tom, on the podcast, and that's Max Wright in the 13 shirt for Bath again on Sunday afternoon. He's played a lot of rugby for Bath this season. He's been a pivotal cog in a, in a reasonably stuttering wheel so far this season. Against Damien Penaud, who we actually saw uh, this morning in in Clermont walking around. Sport some bright um, green trainers. Bright green trainers looking, looking particularly sharp and particularly big. I didn't quite realise how big he was. So a big day for Max Ryan. An opportunity for him because I feel like there's, there's three centres at the moment for Bath in Roberts, Joseph and Wright who are vying for those two spots. And it's an opportunity for Wright for, to show that defensively he's absolutely secure against a really dangerous runner like Damian Penaud playing potentially out of position, Penaud. So yeah, an opportunity for Wright and a matchup I'm, I'm absolutely looking, really looking forward to seeing because Penaud's a fantastic player, one of the, the, the most exciting players in the world at the moment. And, and Wright's got the potential to, to be a really exciting player as yeah. well. So hopefully... 
on both attack and defence, he can show us something tomorrow. And I think of the three of them, obviously Roberts and JJ, both experienced in their positions of inside and outside centre respectively, whereas Wright's not quite nailed down mm. his position yet, and they're obviously very, very different positions, particularly defensively. Mm. You know, as, we've, as we've said before, playing an outside centre berth is probably the most challenging position to play in defence because you've got to make the call on when to step in on the on the fly offensive centre or when to hold your ground. Um, and, and sort of use a touchline to your advantage on, on the outside. Um, so it's going to be really tough for him tomorrow because he's played 12 predominantly this season mm. when he started. So that last game against Harlequins, um, he had Jonathan Joseph outside him, um, which obviously, uh, you know, bringing that experience in, in defence. We know how strong JJ is in, in defence. So it's going to be a massive game for him because there are so many runners uh, in, in those Claremont ranks, and they're going to be they're going to be tough. But what an opportunity! Mm. I mean, what what a stage! There he is. He's in, everybody's watching. It's a Sunday afternoon game on the telly. He's playing in probably one of the greatest stadiums in Europe. We we, we came over on the flight, and we happened to be on the same flight as oh, yeah. as as, uh, as Nigel Owens. And I asked him, uh, um, "Where's where's the best?" where's the best stadium he's ever refereed? And he said the Marcel Michelin was his favourite and it was the noisiest. What a chance for Max Wright to show what he can do. Yeah, yeah, lots of chances for, for these guys who are perhaps on the fringes. Guys like Tom Ellis, Max Wright, Chris Cook, who we've spoken about. Boyce, these matchups we're talking about, it's huge opportunities for these guys and fingers crossed they can grasp them in a way. But really forward to that matchup. Tom, any other matchups? One more I was going to pick up. Right? And, um, you know, you talk about kind of two mavericks within the, the ranks of both teams and guys that can either thrive or fold um, under the pressure that James, as you say, will undoubtedly be on their shoulders uh, at the Stade Marshal Michelin tomorrow. And that's Freddie Burns uh, against Camille Lopez. And particularly, I think, for Burns, I've been calling all this season, really, for him to be given a bit of a run um, and for him to be given the opportunity to build the confidence that he needs to play well in a, in, in a Barsha. And I think it could go two ways, to be honest, as we know with, with Burns. It's, you know, it could either be that opportunity for him to build some confidence, him to... Um, you know, get get playing well um, on a pitch where you expect conditions to be to be good for running rugby. And like we've seen at the rec in previous um, in previous outings, you know, it's not built on a floodplain. Um, there's heated turf at the Stade Michel Marshal Michelin um, tomorrow, so it's going to be good for it's going to be good for running rugby. Um, but obviously, the flip side of that is that it's going to be a tough day at the office potentially if the pack is in reverse gear, as as we fear that it might be. And, you know, if our back rowers aren't able to get out and and help him and you know help with those big runners early doors, um, it's going to be a tough day for him in defence. And I think that is why Jamie Roberts is going to be mm. so important tomorrow defensively. Yeah, he's important, isn't he, to to, to shore up Burns in, in, defensively against Mawala in particular. I'm thinking of and Penno's more likely to make an outside break, and I think that's that's where Wright will be tested. But Mawale is going to be running straight down Burns's channel all day and he's going to have to be he's going to have to be good defensively but he's going to need help from, from Robert Rackler as well. And, and yeah, Frickley. Jesus, they've, yeah. got some, they've got some serious <laughs> ones. And the match we haven't talked about is Racker and McConaughey. Yeah. I mean, that is a fantastic <laughs> clash, isn't it? Mm. Um, McConaughey is going to have to be at his very best. But he's and he's a great tackler. He tackles well. He tackles low, which is exactly what you have to do. Yeah, and you get uh, he's got experience in in sevens tackling one on one against big, strong uh, Fijian guys. So um, yeah, McConaughey a big game for him, but he'll be relishing the opportunity. And he actually mentioned not not to go back to this again. But when when we spoke to him, James actually after the uh, the Clement home fixture. 
he mentioned that he's starting now to feel back to his best. Uh, he, he potentially was slightly off the pace, he admitted, when, when he came back from Japan, but he's now starting to feel like he's making a positive impact on mm-hmm. games. And so from his point of view, not just defensively against Raka, but turning it around the other way to be slightly more positive. Raka's not the best defender, and if McConaughey can turn it back on him and and, and attack him, then, then potentially that's an area... Of, of strength for Bath. Yeah, what's been incredible from McConaughey last season in particular was not only ball in hand, but how he's able to chase chase sort of kicks forward mm. and also his ability under the high ball. What Ulster showed when they beat Clermont at the Kingspan was that, was that the way to pin them back and the way to get under their skin really is to get the ball over their shoulders, get it on grass and make the likes of Racker run back and try and pick up and, mm. and, 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 and sort of um, sort of kick the ball or run the ball out because he, he struggles with that. He's really good on the front foot. But if Freddie Burns, as he's done at times this season, can kick effectively um, and and pin back the, this Claremont back three, then I think that's the way to um, to try and uh, remove some of their, their potency. Completely agree. And that will also be the case for, for Tueva and, and for, for Iggy Azalea as well. <laughs> on, Azalea. on the other wing, I still can't pronounce his name. Azalea. They're, they're guys who are not good, as good going backwards. So... Um, Kicking game key for Burns, and he needs to be helped there by Homer coming in the first receiver and by Cook's box kicking and again. And Alib Brew, actually. And Alib Brew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, moving on to sort of how the game is going to play out. And it's obviously a, a really tough ask on Sunday, and nobody we've spoken to so far, we've been speaking to a few Bar fans in and around Clermont, and nobody's optimistic. Um, so James, I'm going to come to you because me and Tom have exhausted the reasons to be positive about Bath in the past year or so on this podcast. So give us some reasons to be positive about uh, about tomorrow, or can you not? Well, we have to play like we played last week for a start. We cannot go into our shells just because it's away and it's in one of the great stadiums in Europe. We have to play like we played last week. That's the first thing. And if we can do that, and if we get off to a good start... Well, you just <laughs> you just never know, um, but um, it really is going to be tough. Yeah, it is tough. Um, Tom, I gave you the assignment this week to to do a bit of research into Clement's home record. So, so talk us through it. How how daunting a task is it? Well, it's very very strong, as 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 you'd imagine. I mean, this season they've not started particularly well in the top fourteen. I think they're sitting in sixth. Um, they've won ten from six, but they've lost. Um, uh, they've lost one game at home to, to Poe, um, and they lost a couple of on a, on a couple of instances last season at home. So they're not completely unbeatable, but their European record is is fairly formidable. They've not lost in um, well as far back as I can see, with the exception um, <laughs> of a quarter final loss to uh, to Racing ninety two in in April twenty eighteen um, at, at home. So yeah, as you'd expect, they've got a they've got a very very strong home record. Teams don't generally go there and, and turn them over. Um, but as you say, there is there's reason to be hopeful in my view. I think we've seen enough. You know, we've, <laughs> we've we've seen we've seen how we've seen how they can be exploited. And I've got I've got a, a three point plan, G. That I'll, 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 I'll give I'll give to you very quickly. And Stuart, if you're listening, I don't need it. If yeah. you're listening, just just play this on repeat in the in, in the dressing room tomorrow. So first thing, start well. We've absolutely got to start well. If we first five ten minutes, if we cock up our restart or mm. give away a couple of penalties that means that we're suddenly defending on our own line early doors. They get an early try and crowd gets behind them. That's, it's, it's pretty much curtains already. Um, second thing I mentioned already, fine grass. So we need to kick well and pin back this, this dangerous back three. Um, hopefully it will still be slightly dewy or, or at least skiddy tomorrow. So the ball will run off the turf nicely and we'll be able to mm-hmm. um, fight, territorially win that, win that battle. Um, and the third thing is the driving mall. So again, Ulster showed the blueprint on how you... 
Um, you try and beat this massive Clermont pack. Um, individually, that's very, very difficult to do in terms of individual mm. collisions. But if you can cohesively work together um, in the driving mall, they were um, uh, sort of guilty of splintering um, and Ulster were very effective effective in that way. And, um, you know, we've seen in, in games earlier on in the season that's been an effective weapon for us. I think some of the selections point to the idea that that might be a strategy today. Mm, Levi, four lots Levi Douglas is very impressive in that area. Elliot Stook, as you say, then Ellis, mm, mm. Um, Ellis and, and, um, and Mike Williams picked as well in the back row. So I think that's going to be what we'll, we'll go for. Mm-hmm. Tom Dunn, um, again, on the bench, potentially slightly surprisingly. I think that's to make sure that the lineup um, is shored up when, when, when he comes on. Um, so, yeah, they're the three things that we need to do. And if we can do that, then um, we might get close. Um, mm. I don't think, you know, we've got much of a chance of of actually getting the W, to be honest. But I think, um, you know, the bookies have got it something like 25 points. I think 25-0 is very different to um, 60-35, shall we say. Yeah. I think it's the, manner of the, <laughs> it's the manner of the performance. And um, if we can execute early um, and, and start to put some doubt in their minds... Um, who knows as you know. yeah I think we'll come on we'll end the podcast with what would represent a positive result for yeah. Bath but I think I would add to your fantastic three point plan Tom and I'd add discipline to that plan we need to get on the right side of the referee tomorrow it's going to be a very very difficult occasion for the referee and we need to be you know as white as white in that area we can't Ben Whitehouse is it Ben <laughs> <laughs> or we need to be white as white with Ben Whitehouse but um, I didn't even know that yeah because if they can dominate field position, dominate territory, get the crowd with them early on with our real discipline. And guys like Lewis Boyce need to make sure that they're, they're, they're you know, I keep saying, why is why in that area mm. and not give them the opportunity to to, 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 to capitalise on our real discipline. Dad, do you want to... Well, I, I, I agree with, with all of it, except also discipline is key because we so often let us stand, but mm. concentration, we have mm. to focus not just for... 40, 45, 50 minutes, but just like last week, you know, we were we were level then, and then they just had that nightmare mm. seven or eight minutes when we just lost focus, and it all went. Yeah, I, I guess like guys like Tom Dunn and Sam Underhill coming off the bench are going to be key yeah. to that that last twenty minutes. A bit of experience there, and Reese Priestland as well, adding to that 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 territorial game, which hopefully we'll have started to exploit. Um, any other points then about this game, Tom? No, I don't uh, think so. I think we've got some predictions. What, or... what, what sort of re- a prediction and then what sort of represents a positive result for, for, for Bath tomorrow? Yeah, it's more on the performance than, than the result for me. But I think if we can get within sort of 15 to 20 points, that sort of mm. ballpoint and, you know, the performance is, is strong. You know, I think having those couple of you know, incredible world-class moments that, that ultimately bring us another try, I think is fairly inevitable tomorrow. Um, but I think if we if we get absolutely trounced and we're not showing any signs of improvement when we've got ball in hand um, and we're giving them opportunities, giving them field position with with ill discipline, that'll be a, a big disappointment. But if we can front up early doors, um, you know, take some of the heat that they bring um, up front, um, and then try and execute some of those things I've spoken about. So kick well, pin them back, um, mm. and, and as you mentioned, stay disciplined. Um, and, and we and we and we're on the wrong side of the the, the margin by 10, 15, even twenty points. I don't necessarily see that as as, as a massive loss for so us. That, so that that would be a positive result. Do you think we can get that? Yeah, I think I think we can. Um, it, a lot of it would depend on them, to be honest. If they come out absolutely firing, we give them a, an opportunity. As I've said, they could they could just run away with it as they did against Quinns. Um, it, it's all about how we start and how we set the tone. Um, and I think they, these boys must be so keen to do it because they've been training so hard. They 
they're, they're committed. You know, these guys are so committed to the club, as you said. Guys like Chris Cook really want to make, take these opportunities mm. and make the most of them. Guys now have been given opportunities uh, to start in these huge in these huge games with this huge huge atmosphere. Um, they must be absolutely mm. chomping at the bit. Tom Ellis brings to mind with that yeah. captain for potentially even the first time yeah. actually. So an opportunity for him and a local guy who'd be chomping at the bit at the bit as you say. James, what represents a, a positive result for for Bar tomorrow in your mind? Well, I don't think I, I really don't think the score matters. Usually, it would be fantastic if we win, but um, <laughs> if, if we lose by a few points or quite a few points. Much more important is how we play, our attitude, mm. how we go out and perform. And the other thing I'd really like to see is our front row really putting in a performance, those three, so they can demonstrate that they're just as good as the other three. Mm. And they can close the, a gap which has opened up a bit between yeah. them and the other three, and, and they can come back to the rack and, and demonstrate that you know we've got two, two front rows just as good as each other. Yeah, I think that would be that would actually be a really positive thing to take. If we can take maybe a group, a half-back combination, a back row combination, a second row combination out of the game, which have played well, that would be really good to see. I think I'm probably being slightly harsh than you guys in what represents a good result. But I think a bonus point either way uh, for Bath would be a fantastic result. A losing bonus point to get within seven would be brilliant. And a, a, more likely to get a 40. I think, I think more likely to get yeah. well, the way we're playing. Neither is very likely. But yeah, a bonus point either way, I think would represent positivity because we've either kept it close and it's it's, it's not a, an embarrassment or anything like that, or we've shown some flair and attack if we've got a four-try bonus point. And I think there's an opportunity to do that tomorrow because Clement know they need the five points. Ulster won with five points last night against, against Harlequins so Clermont know they need to get a five point win so they're going to be going for it and there will be opportunities for Bath to also score tries so I think a bonus point either way from my point of view a four try bonus point would be would be a cracking result with three tries from from three games so far and this is the toughest game on paper uh, that we've we've played so far so if we can get four tries I'll be I'll be absolutely stoked (laughs) to be honest yeah so would I so I'm maybe being slightly harsh but I just saw for example the way that Ospreys fought last night in a really difficult environment at Leatherfonts against mm. against Racing Mates. And if we can show that sort of fight, that sort of character, and not fold in a really, really difficult environment, then I'd be I'd be really pleased and I, I'd sort of go home with my head held high. Any other points, boys, before we disappear off into the city? No, I think we can do another one post-game. Yeah, so just to sort of give a yeah, little... Yeah, a prediction there. of the score then? A prediction of the score. Uh, well, my accountable prediction needs to be a Bath win, so why don't we go for... 49.50 to, to Bath and um, <laughs> in a fantastic game. But uh, yeah, that, that does seem slightly ridiculous. I'll go 45.28. James? To who? <laughs> well, I can't come on the pod for my, perhaps my only time and not predict a Bath win. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go a Bath win by three. Bath win by three. Oh, your only time. You've done a fantastic job. It's nice to <laughs> nice to be able to talk to someone who actually knows what to, knows something about Bath <laughs> no, it's, fa- it's fantastic to come on. I've listened to the pod on Tuesday mornings for for over a year now, and it's just been a joy to listen to. And it's just real honour to come on. Thank you very much. Well, no, Appreciate that. Welcome. welcome all the time. So yeah, we'll be back on probably feeling slightly dusty on Monday. Um, James, you'll be with us, but whether you'll be keen to jo- as keen to join then as you are now, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, that'll be a review of Clermont, uh, the Clermont game. We might look ahead to, to London Irish the following week if we can uh, get our heads around that. Um, so do just subscribe in your feeds, as we keep saying, and each and every podcast we do will be delivered straight to your device. As for now, for us, we're off to Cafe Pascal. 
um, for an afternoon of rugby. Come and join us if you're Come and join us if you're in Clermont and do get in touch with us if you're in Clermont or not with your thoughts about the game tomorrow. In the meantime, enjoy the rugby and stick behind the boys in thick and thin.